We're here today with Merle Burkholder. Welcome. Thank you. Glad you've joined us. He's a Bible teacher, pastor for over the past 30 years. He's currently administrator for Open Hands Ministry as well as the staff pastor for Believers Fellowship. So Merle, you have a background in in working with missions. And as you've seen that, there's some uh, vulnerability that you've observed from the conservative Mennonite people on the mission fields. Could you describe that for us? Traditionally, the conservative Mennonite church has had a desire to do missions and, and do church planting and evangelism and relief work and those kinds of things. In the past, we often sent people out with very little preparation and very little direction, actually. They were just kind of sent there and said, well, go try and do good stuff. So we floundered in mission work because we don't have clear-cut objectives. We don't have a, uh, an understanding of how to do what we're doing, and often people aren't given training in, in well, how do you start a church, mm-hmm. and where do you begin? And so you wind up in a community, and you have to do language learning. Well, how do you do language learning? And, and then you, you kind of bumble your way through language learning, and then it's like, well, now you have to do evangelism, and how do you explain the gospel? And the Bible's a big book, so where do I start, and what's important, what's not, and, and, and how do you bring people to Christ, and then how do you disciple people, and how do you form a church? And many times we've grown up, and we've been discipled in a system, and we know what we do. We're, we're good at practical things and doing things, and, and we're often better at doing than we are at understanding why we do what we mm-hmm. do. Take a person who's been raised in a community that is um, um, has a lot of internal relationships and, and it's sort of a, um, not an isolated community, but there's it's a community that, that interacts a lot with people who have the same ideas and, and the same uh, beliefs and practices. Now you take that person and you transplant them into a situation where nobody else has those beliefs and values and practices. And you have a person who, they sat in Sunday school and someone made a statement and everyone nodded their heads and said, yeah, that's right, that's how it is. And now you put that person in a place where nobody believes that and they say the same thing that was affirmed by everybody where they came from and they say it over here and people are like, where did you get that idea? That's the craziest thing I ever heard. You know, that's not, that can't be true. And, and then all of a sudden, like, well, is it true? And where does that come from? And, and why do we do that? And so people are often unprepared to explain their beliefs and why they do, and their practices, why they do what they do. And then they get into interactions with people from other religions that, um, that they're not prepared to explain even the basic elements of Christianity. Or they get into contact with other missionaries from other denominations that have a different, different theological positions. Those missionaries, they've been They've gone to seminary, they've been trained in their theology, they know what they believe, they can explain it, and, and all of a sudden you have a person that really can get knocked off balance because they're not sure how to explain what they believe and what they practice, and so they're vulnerable because they haven't been, haven't been prepared for what they're experiencing. And so I think that we ought to be doing evangelism, we ought to be doing the work of missions, but we need to do a better job of preparing people mm-hmm. to go, and that includes um, skills in language learning and cross-cultural adjustments, skills in many areas, but it also includes theological training and just a discussion of 
theology and for people to really understand the Christian faith and to understand um, their own the back the biblical background for their own beliefs and practices and be able to coherently explain that to sure. someone who doesn't believe it and to whom it sounds really really strange so the difficulties or vulnerabilities as you call them that you've seen there most of that could be alleviated with better preparation and training instead of going into it thinking everything will work out and i think that we have lost missionaries to the conservative mennonite church because as they interacted with missionaries of other denominations and people of other faiths sometimes we've had missionaries who've gone into missions really feeling like for us as conservative Anabaptists, we're evangelical Protestant Christians with a few extra added on. I think they can get convinced that, well, we ought to just kind of drop those extra things and just merge into the evangelical Protestant church. But in reality, our whole um, theology is so different and our approach to church is so different. Mm from evangelical Protestantism, and I think it has value, and it's something that there's a need for in the world now as much as there was in the Reformation, and I don't, I don't think it's um, something that we should, we should lose. Well, as you think about those vulnerabilities, are there practical things that can be done by churches or mission organizations to help avoid those problems and vulnerabilities? At the church level, it's the selection and preparation of people be ready to go into cross-cultural overseas mission work. And I think opportunities to share their faith in the local community and get involved in outreach ministries in the local community. So before you go to Nepal, maybe your next door neighbor would be a good person to talk to. And, and so I think the church can provide opportunities for people within the local setting to get some experience in sharing their faith and some experience in being involved in ministry. And then I think when a person is selected or has chosen to go into cross-cultural ministry, then I think mission training programs that deal with the skills areas and also with the theological Mm -hmm. uh, training, I think, are, are very, very important for mission organizations to uh, give people the proper coaching and the proper mentoring as they enter into the ministry and to stay in touch with people and just see what their questions are and how are things going and to, to strengthen people in, in um, what they're doing. So you kind of gave a threefold thing where it was what happens at the local church, the possibility of additional training, and also then the, the mission organization itself staying in tune with the, its workers. On the second of those... Is there more possibility for training now than what there had been earlier? Absolutely. Yeah. When I when I first went into missions in 1978, I was one of those people who went with good intentions and, you know, I'm going to go do good stuff. I had no idea what I was getting into. And then after I was there, I started to realize I need help. I need training. And so I started looking for where can I get help and where can I get training after I was mm-hmm. already on the mission field. Today we have opportunities. There's a mission training center in Queens, New York. There's the Institute for Global Opportunities in Thailand. There's opportunities for training that it's much preferable people can do that before they actually go up on the on the field. Well, thank you, Merle, for joining us for this uh, time and talking about missions and what you've learned in your many years of experience. You're welcome. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. For more information, you can go to our website at anabaptistperspectives.org, where we have a blog, and this material is also available in video form on YouTube and Facebook, both under the name Anabaptist Perspectives. This podcast is also available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Anchor. We would love to hear your feedback, so if you have any thoughts on something that was shared on this show, please let us know. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.